Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. The show where the sexiest thing you'll hear said is, oh yeah, tamp that ash, baby. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I am your host, Brian Levine, coming to you uh, way pre-recorded. Yep, way pre-recorded because uh, I'm in Las Vegas. Yep, in Las Vegas for my daughter's 21st birthday. So uh, hopefully I've, uh, maybe I've posted some stuff on Facebook. You never know. Uh, but anyway, for this week's show, we've got uh, Shane Ireland coming back to co-host with me, and Shane's going to talk about his visit to uh, Peter Yepison's factory or uh, workshop, as you want more want to call it, in uh, near up pipes. And then we've got music and mailbag and a rant section. All that coming up on tonight's episode of the Pipes Magazine Radio Show. Uh, Now, remember, it is summertime, so I would like to uh, have you share your places that you like to sit and smoke. Uh, Send me pictures, send me comments, send me a quote of where you, where's your favorite place for summertime in the Northern Hemisphere to sit back and smoke your pipe, and uh, we'll... uh, I don't know, we'll put them on the Pipes Magazine radio show page on Facebook and all that stuff. So uh, start sending those in. I'd love to see them. Uh, one of my favorite spots in Las Vegas to sit and smoke is uh, right there along the Strip. You know, find a spot. There's one spot in particular at the Flamingo that they've got fans and a little mister, and you can sit out there and just watch the uh, watch the weird parade go by. And let me tell you, on the Las Vegas Strip, it is a uh, strange parade, so... I've got that to look forward to a little bit this week. Um, Also, make sure and share the Pipes Magazine radio show with your friends, your family, your enemies, whoever. Share it. Uh, Let's get some more people listening and uh, spread the word about the Pipes Magazine radio show. And I realize it is the middle of summer and a lot of you are on vacation. So, uh, you know, save up a couple of episodes and take them with you. Yeah. When you get a chance to sit down, listen to the show. All right, let's get the show rolling so everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in, and here we go. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and when I mean when I mean we, it's getting hot in here because Shane Ireland is joining me. Shane, welcome back to the show. How are you? Everything okay? I don't know. What else is going on? Yeah, everything's good. Uh, good to be back. Um, I think I, I think two weeks out, and I'm finally recovered. Two or three weeks, I don't even know what it's been, and I'm finally starting to recover from Chicago. How about you? Yeah, well, as you know, I well, my 48 hours in Illinois was quick, furious, and uh, and a lot of fun. But uh, no, I'm back on the road again, enjoying the uh, lovely <laughs> the lovely desert heat of Las Vegas. And uh, as we are doing this, it's obviously before I leave for Vegas, so. Um, who knows what kind of trouble I've gotten into with my wife, my daughter, and a friend of hers on the Las Vegas Strip. <laughs> oh, nice. That sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. I guarantee you I'll be the only one drinking. Um, I'll, I'll tell you what, too. This is not the time of year to be there, or is the weather going to actually be better than it is in the south? No. In Las Vegas, the uh, no, it, it'll, be, it'll, it'll get close to 100 degrees during the day, but... Uh, it'll cool off down into 80, you know, down into the high 70s, low 80s at night. And right after Memorial Day, it's either weddings or tourists there. So it's technically the low season in Vegas. Really? Uh, oh, okay. That sounds good. Yeah. So, you know, as long as you're not there on weekends when all those California people, ooh, ooh, <laughs> um, you know, like us. Sure, uh, sure. Yeah. So we're getting there on Saturday and. And we'll deal with California people for the weekend. And then we have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then we fly home on Thursday. And, uh, you know, we'll, my daughter will finally get to see the city that she was born in and the reason why she occasionally likes to jump up and dance on a table for no reason at all. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 So uh, you haven't traveled anywhere, have you? Um, since Chicago, no, but I am uh, headed to Italy in just a couple days. <laughs> uh, uh, pack some light shirts. It's going to be warm. 
Yeah, yeah. Although I don't know, man. Compared to compared to South Carolina right now, uh, I might get to wear a sweater while I'm over there. But it should be nice. But I'm doing the uh, the long tour this time, so uh, in and around the Varese, Milan area, in the north, the Bologna, Rome, all that stuff. Yeah. So this is your 17 day, 12 person trip or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's 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 a while, um, but it'll be great. It'll be great. It's always great, and I'm sure I'll I'm sure I'll find some good new stuff while I'm there. That's that's the objective usually. All right. Speaking of good news stuff, um, what are you smoking? Well, actually, I'm terribly embarrassed because I feel like I, I may have, I don't know, worn the same dress to the party two weeks later. I'm smoking Scottish Flake and a Cornelius Mans. And <laughs> if I have not mentioned that in the last couple episodes, I'm confident that I've have, have, have gone to this combo before while recording. Well, you could lie. I know, but that's that doesn't seem right. Okay. Well, in that case, I'll tell the truth of what I'm actually doing right now because I'm smoking two pipes at one time uh, because I'm trying to really understand the difference between McClellan's Beacon and Beacon Extra. And, yeah. And I'm both of these are one the Beacons from 2016, the Beacon Extras from 2015, and I'm smoking... What I thought were identical pipes or, you know, fairly close in size and diameter and everything. And you know what I'm getting? This A little extra? McClellan, Virginia with Perique out of both of them. And I really can't, sure. I really can't tell the difference. Um, but the, uh, the, the pipes are, um, I've got uh, last year at the Kansas City Pipe Show, one of the show listeners who re- requested to remain nameless uh, gave me a Briarworks uh uh, bent, uh, yeah, uh, bent poker. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's, a, I'm every time I pick it up and I, and it, it doesn't get picked up as often as it should, but it's just a comfortable pipe to smoke while sitting at a desk. Yeah. And I only have one real pipe stand here on my desk. So the reason I picked this one up was because I wanted to smoke two pipes at a time. Well, I don't want to hold two pipes at a time. So I've got this bent poker that sits perfectly, uh, is comfortable, has a decent sized bowl for the size of the pipe that it really is. And then because of the size of the bowl and trying to match up everything evenly, I've got a, 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 a Ryan Alden, very long shanked lumberman that he got maybe, I don't know, three or four years ago. And I think it was also at a Kansas City pipe show uh, that uh, this pipe needs to be smoked more by me. The only problem is, is that it's just a hair longer than my six and a half inch long pipe cleaners like to deal with. <laughs> yeah. So I have to be careful. I have to wear one of uh, uh, I have to wear a non-Disney related t-shirt or something because I always get my fingers a little moist from tobacco juice when I'm using the dirty end of the pipe cleaner. <laughs> um, so I just wipe it on my shirt. And yes, I am too cheap to only use one end of a pipe cleaner. There are two ends to the pipe cleaners. Use both ends and I'll be that person for the rest of my life. Well, I use both ends too, but I use like I use the uh, in the case of the the tapered cleaners that I that I use more often than not. The thicker of the two sides is what I use for like a deep cleaning when I'm done smoking. The other side I use just to run it down the stem every once in a while if there's a little bit of moisture. So you don't have to get you don't have to get your fingers too filthy, but it's still uh, it's still a way to take advantage of both sides. Well, you've seen my purchases lately. You know, I, I use a I use a completely brand new pipe cleaner when it comes to the deep clean at the end of the bowl. Yeah, that's true. And I use a lot of pipe cleaners, so that's why I'm cheap on the one that I use during the bowl. And I don't mind my fingers getting a little dirty as long as I'm wearing a T-shirt that I don't care about or I can get to my socks without anybody noticing. <laughs> Good on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the benefit of black dress socks is you can always wipe stuff on them and nobody notices when you're at a dinner. <laughs> that's a good tip. Yeah. All right. So let's get started. What do you, before we get into what we're going to get into, this goes back to your uh, to your Denmark trip. So just kind of uh, prompt us on what we're going to talk about. Then we'll take a uh, take a commercial break, and then we'll get back into it. Uh, well, when I was in Denmark, uh, I took a took a time to sit down with um, uh, took time to sit down with a handful of pipe makers. And uh, this week, we're going to listen to uh, a little bit of history and a, a little bit of my curio- curious questions for uh, Peter Yepesen of Neuro Pipes. 
There you go. So we got Nearup pipes coming up, and uh, Shane and I will be back in just a minute. This is Internet Radio. Smokingpipes.com has been my family's tradition for over 10 years. My granddad enjoys his evening pipe on the front porch. My father prefers his in the study, and well, me, I like to hang outside the local coffee shop with a pipe in one hand and my smartphone in the other. The best selection is at smokingpipes.com. They always have the exact pipe I'm looking for. Savinelli, Peterson, Dunhill, and great stuff from dozens of top artisans around the world. Plus, they have over 70 tobacco brands with 750 blends to choose from. Lighters, tampers, tobacco jars, yep, they have that too. But the best part about SmokingPipes.com is that it's easy to order from my computer, tablet, or even my smartphone. And if Granddad has trouble with technology, he can always call them at 1-888-366-0345. I heard that. Do you think I'm deaf? I'm the one who told you about SmokingPipes.com, and I had a smartphone before you. You kids today, blah, blah. SmokingPipes.com. Make it your family tradition. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. So Nira Pipes, that's the it's the brand of pipe maker uh, Peter Yeppesen. Peter Yeppesen, spelled P E D E R because in Denmark there's no T, I guess. <laughs> oh, I, I can't even begin to speculate on on uh, the Danish language. Yeah. All right. So give us a little bit of you know I I haven't had Peter on the show, and it's probably my fault. Um, but give us a little background on him and uh, and and his pipes. Uh, so Peter Yepison is the guy behind the Nearup brand of pipes. Um, uh, a lot of people are familiar with that by now. He's been building that business and that brand along with his own pipes, uh, carved under his own name, Peter Yepison, uh, for the last 20 years or so. Uh, but he's been making pipes almost all his life. He started when he was 16, 17 years old working for Carl Eric uh, and then later Nording. And uh, eventually, uh, like I said, about 20 years ago or so, uh, got to got his own workshop together and started making uh, pipes by himself under his own name. Uh, so Peter's really well known for producing, you know, really fantastic uh, series and hand carved pipes um, at a really reasonable price level with really high quality finishes and a lot of interesting silver, uh, mm-hmm. silver bands and a lot of proprietary stem colors. And uh, he's just doing a lot of really fun stuff that you don't typically see, um, uh, you know, turn, turned out handmade in a workshop that small. Yeah, and and I'm I'm looking at some of his pipes online, and you're and it, it really does run the gambit all the way from that. You know, he he's still showing, uh, showing reference to those old uh, Danish freehand styles, and some newer stuff. And the price ranges are from you know really really affordable for anybody, all the way up into some really fancy handmaids with uh, with some gorgeous work on it. Yeah, absolutely. I think the people that are familiar with his work already, the guys that are really big fans of the pipes, uh, one of the things they like, uh, uh, not only the unique silver work and the stem colors, uh, which again are proprietary and designed by Peter, the silver designed by him, the stem stem colors selected by him personally straight from the manufacturer, uh, made for him custom in a lot of cases. Uh, other than that, it's his finishes. I mean, the smooth finishes are, are brilliant. Uh, they, they shine up really nice. They have a really beautiful contrast. And again, the quality of the finish punches well above the weight <laughs> of where they're priced at. Uh, so that's something he's really well known for. Uh, and he's just a, just a fun guy and it's, it's a really neat little family business. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's always, it's always good to see what's behind that. And, uh, it's always interesting, especially when the operation is on the small side, just a couple of people, uh, to see how they're able to put out such a great product consistently, uh, and sell it all over the world. Where in Denmark is he? He's in Lyre. So, uh, that's old Viking territory. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, the, the series Vikings, that town, uh, it, it's actually, it's actually right there, uh, uh, as well as a lot of, uh, the Viking museums that are in that area too. So, uh, it's like, I think it's, uh, a little bit west of Roskilde. So sort of, um, you know, nearing, I guess the central part of Zealand. Okay. So he's in the, so he's not too far away from anything, but, uh, but still in a, in a decent area. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Roskilde is where like one of the biggest, uh, I think it is the biggest festival in Denmark, big old music festival that's there every year. It's been there for a long time. Uh, there's a lot of interesting stuff in that area. And it's also a stone's throw from the old Stanwall factory. <laughs> All right. So you got to, uh, you got to sit down with him and, uh, and, and record some discussion with him. What's the, uh, what's the first part you want us to hear? 
Uh, just a little bit about his background and his history, uh, bringing us up from the time that he started making pipes at 16, 17 years old, uh, his apprenticeship with Carl Eric, and then all the way up through his years with Nording, and uh, to getting the Near Up brand and the Peter Yeppesen brand started himself. And here's Shane in uh, Viking World sitting and talking to Peter. So, how old were you when you made your first pipe? Uh, I've been around 16, 17 years old. 16, 17 yeah. years old. Uh, it took some while before the Carl Eric, where I started to make pipes, Carl Eric Ottendahl, uh, before he would let me uh, dig in his, his wood. Uh, but I think I've been around 16, 17 years old. So how did you how did you uh, make that connection? How did you start working with him? Oh, uh, well, it was actually my sister who who got uh, involved with a strange guy from the local society where we stayed at that time, and he worked uh, with Carl Eric. And yeah. uh, I have nothing, uh, I think, to do when I left school, so. He asked me to come and, 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 and do some work at the pipe workshop at Carl Eric. So I start sweeping the floor and making the mouse pieces. Yeah, yeah. And that kind of uh, stuff. That sort was, of apprentice kind yeah, of work. Yeah, the, the things that were easy to explain for me. And, you know, at the, basically, yeah, normal work. Normal work, yeah. yeah. And how long were you with Carl Eric? Well, I'm getting older, a longer time ago, so I think <laughs> I, I were there about four or five years. Okay. Something like okay. that. Yeah, yeah. Four or five years, yeah. yeah. About uh, about what years were those? Uh, yeah, I started in uh, 67, 77, so actually I had uh, 40 years celebration on and off uh, from the pipe business uh, last year. Last year? Yeah, but I think I worked there until, let's see, yeah, 80, 82, something like that. Okay. When I moved to Nording. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the next step was Nording in the early 80s. Yeah, actually. Uh, well, I, I, that was, you know, somehow I can't really remember. Uh, Kalirik, uh, he had to 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 close down for a while. He had some uh, what you call it trouble with the importer, and and he couldn't keep me working. But anyhow, I actually he offered me to to rent his house. Uh, but at the same time, I worked at Nording for from that time, and yeah. then I then I moved short after I moved to to a bigger city, Roskilde, the close to us. Yeah, yeah, but after I, I, I finished Kalierik, I, I started Nording. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, what was the difference between those two settings? Like, was Nording like uh, bigger production? More oh yeah, demand? oh yeah, much much bigger. Much yeah, bigger. yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. were working faster. Yeah, yeah he had a, a growing market in US. Uh, Nording was already well established in 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 US when yeah. I started in in eighty two. The market was changing. You know, the cigar booming wasn't even started. That time, sure, sure. But we make uh, especially the fancy pipes, so freehand, freehand I was going to say that was yeah, still yeah. when the Danish fancy freehand was. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's how I, I learned to make pipes. Was with this uh, free freehand pipes at Kalerik. You know, we started Kalerik. We started with a with a laundry basket uh, of blocks, and then we turned them and make. We filled a laundry basket with with pipes. You yeah. know, at that time, sure. only for the U.S. market for the freehand. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. And was there much um, was there much demand for uh, other sort of classic shapes from Nording at the time, or was it just as many for free the, hands as you could say? Yeah, say? no, we started uh, Nording. He 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 took over Carl uh, Eric's old importer cup from yeah. Germany. So we we started at that time. We started to make more classic classic shapes or, or for the European markets. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So, what would you say? In terms of pipe making, uh, you know, in, in terms of pipe making, the, the technique and the style that you have now, uh, how, how heavily was that influenced by the first two factories that you worked for? Well, maybe more the techniques than anything. Yeah, it was another technique to make the freehand pipes because there was no, you know, it was just, you know, full speed out of the road, you know, yeah, to, to yeah. make them the classic. You have to be more look at the shapes and the proportions and, yeah. and how, you know, around the shanks fit to the bowl and all that we 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 we, 
we didn't do that on on the on the freehand pipe. Sure, sure. But you learned the basic uh, method for cutting a pipe by by doing the freehands. That's, yeah. that's the basic. And it, way. and it had to be done by hand on the sanding disc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So uh, it probably at least gave you a really good idea how to be uh, pretty quick with the sanding. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, keep 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 out for your fingers well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So when did you when did when did you leave Nording and when did you start on your own? Oh, Nording I left uh, around the, the the zeros, I think just 99 or something like oh, that. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, Nording at that time he he I remember this now. It's nearly twenty years ago, but he had. I think he got into some problems with an importer and moved to Altadis, and Altadis didn't work out properly. And and I, at that time, I think oh, I, I nearly before I get too old, I had to try something because I've been in the business for so many years, and so I I, I tried to do some other you know con, construction work for a while, and and sure. kept that, and was a little bit in the business on and off. Uh, the internet starts uh, by doing pipe business yeah. uh, on the internet, so I had some part-time work at the, actually just over this corner. Yeah. yeah, I started with a small machinery, and 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 that's <clears throat> and after some years, you know, I could see I was working eight nine hours in the daytime by construction work, and and then eight nine hours when I was home in the evening because yeah, from the beginning of the 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 work I did. For the internet shops, what's quite a success, you know? Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. So right away when you started uh, uh, in the early two thousands down here, uh, close to where you are now, right away it was uh, pipes under your own name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, it it still amazes me how technology is. I mean, you you weren't traveling with a whole bunch of recording software equipment and you know all this stuff and microphones and everything, and you were just rambling around the Danish countryside. And hanging with, out with, pipe with a makers. tiny little USB mic and a shitty laptop. Yeah, and a and a <laughs> and a paper map that folded up, and you could never figure out how to fold it back the right way. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. So, uh, so, uh, so Peter came up really the old school way, where he worked in one factory for a while, and then worked his way up, and then branched out on his own. Um, it, where do you think he got some of his? design aesthetic ideas or did you talk to him about that too uh we did talk a little bit about that um basically i wanted to talk about again some of the stuff that he's known for uh the quality of the finishes the interesting silver work the proprietary stem colors uh and and really according to him you know he was he was inspired by wanting to do different things and uh again i asked him you know what got all that started and his answer was more or less that uh as soon as he could afford to make investments in the, in his own company and start to try different things that's what he did so when he decided that he wanted to have some fun with some stem colors and do something completely different uh he went to the manufacturer himself and they mixed up colors together and you know he tried a, he tried a bunch of different stuff and some of it turned out better than he expected and some of it turned out quite different than he expected but he ended up liking it anyway, and he's been kind of going down that road ever since. So uh, I believe that he visits his stem manufacturer once a year, and usually they come up with something new. Um, he's constantly designing and having, uh, uh, you know, different, you know, silver components, and uh, you know, he's got a lot of on the high grade pieces. He does a lot of like malachite accents and interesting stuff like that. Um, so he's constantly designing those kind of accents, the sort, the sort of more like, you know, uh, gallery silver mounts, the fancier stuff. Um, and shaping wise, yeah, I mean, he's he's just making Danish pipes, and he's making them the same way and with the same aesthetic that he that he's had since the beginning, which was you know <laughs> firmly rooted in the old school, you know, fancy freehand and uh, Danish classic kind of thing. That is a perfect spot for us to take a, another break, and when we come back, we've got more of uh, Shane and Peter, and then uh, the bad part is we got more of me with Shane. So stay with us; we'll be back in just a minute. <laughs> What are you looking for in a pipe? Is it the quality of aged briar? Is it a certain shape or finish? Maybe it's the sound engineering that ensures an effortless, smooth draw with each and every puff. That's exactly the kind of pipe Savinelli has delivered for generations now. With such a variety of shapes, 
finishes and sizes, it's easy to find something that fits your sensibility and style. Just this year, we've expanded our lineup to include the Bianca, the Lancelotto, the 2015 collection, and the final installment in the Leonardo da Vinci line, the Vitruvio. For a bolder style, try our more colorful 2015 editions as well. The exotic cashmere, the sultry licoricea, and the striking Arcabellano red. So whatever you're looking for in a pipe, know there's a Savinelli waiting for you. Contact your local or online retailer to find your Savinelli today. We're back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. Shane and I hanging out talking about uh, Nira Pipes. And uh, All right, Shane, so this next piece we've got is... Uh, Peter actually talking about the some of the silver work and the stems. Yeah, I mean, basically, I've just I, I've always admired, you know, the 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 look and the feel of of his pipes. They're very different. Um, they're still really classic, really Danish. Um, and you know, as far as the the stains themselves, you know, it's it's more of the it's 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 the same kind of color palettes you're used to seeing. Um, although I think he achieves a really brilliant finish um, uh, at the price range that he's asking. But aside from that, he does a lot of really interesting silver work and uh, with really you know interesting accents that you don't see anywhere else. And uh, similarly, the, the the stem colors that he's using, I mean, you can't find them anywhere else. So I wanted yeah. to know exactly like how that got rolling and how he was able to achieve all of that and what sort of the inspiration behind it was. And uh, really, Peter just likes the idea of moving forward, challenging himself. And uh, I think he's also um, just the kind of guy where if he's not in the workshop and if he's not working on pipes, he's scribbling on paper and trying to figure out what he's going to do next, whether it's uh, a line of tobacco knives, which we are carrying now, or, uh, you know, a new stem color new tamper designs he's always he's always trying to work up new ideas all right and here's uh, shane and peter talking about uh, stems and silver sounds like a christmas song yeah yeah so let's talk about the finishes real quick uh, obviously we don't have to talk about any secrets but uh you seem to be able to offer an extremely high quality finish particularly the smooth pipes at a price point that is really reasonable um how did you develop that i mean how, how long did it take to get to that point? Or really, there, I think it's the same method we started with at Kyle Eric. I just really, it. yeah, the same basic colors, same basic spirit stains. I stain them a little bit different, you know. You said spirit stains, uh, alcohol. Alcohol stain, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Uh, but I maybe changed a little bit in the time and and, and the way I remove it. It's, it's something that I built myself. I I don't have any. Uh, yeah, that's it. by experience. Okay. And, yeah. and then customers react and say, "This this one is uh, the response is positive." Okay, I continue doing it that way. <laughs> sure, <laughs> yeah. sure. So it basically it had its roots in the beginning of your pipe yeah. making career. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I haven't made okay. any the the time I tried to do something new color. It's you no know, back to basic. Back to basic. Short after yeah. 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 So when what about? Um, when did you start to experiment more with the stems and the decorations and things like that? Because, I mean, that's stuff when, that you can't I, just buy. You had to have I, asked. I, yeah, when I started to earn more money, I could afford to invest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how and, and, and an idea and say, why not? You know, if you don't take the chance or do some small investments, you yeah. never make anything new. Instead of you will you will disappear in the masses with the same stuff as yeah. all the other did. So yeah. we tried, yeah. That's interesting. Did you have, what kind of a reaction did you get the first time you were, I mean, maybe it was different for different markets, but the first time you were having the stems with the multicolors or the crazy decorations? Uh, well, I started with, you know, just to make the, the yellow amber that everybody else used just in the beginning. Yeah. And then I started to visit, you know, the, the producer of my mouse pieces and I visited where he made the raw material. Uh, and then I saw, oh, you have other colors, can we mix it? And, and you know, yeah, because uh, so. most of your colors are proprietary, right? Like you mix them yourself, and, yeah. and well, I decide the colors, design the colors. Yeah, yeah, but you know, it's from Italy, so it's it's in the beginning it was not, it was some something else that sure, I decided. Sure. Yeah, yeah, sometimes it positive, uh, and sometimes I got a mental breakdown because it was totally different than <laughs> what what we decided. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I took the change, you know, and 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 and. Finally, we, 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 we got together and, and got some mixes and, and, and some 
combinations that that we really like and we can see that too but you never know it's, oh sure it, yeah sure and in addition to the really cool stems and everything else i mean you know and again his price points are not outrageous for the amount of work and creativity that he has does does he do you know does he have any kind of art background um, you know what? I, I don't think he does. Uh, interestingly enough, he, um, like I said, he, he kind of got the job more or less as a summer job for a teenager, uh, you know, sweeping the floors and working on some stems and, you know, working in the pipe factory uh, in Denmark at that time. You know, it, it wasn't uncommon for someone to say they got a job working in a pipe factory. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I, I think that he just kind of fell in love with the craft and really understood, um, you know, the elements of pipe design and kind of anticipated what people would be interested in that maybe we've never seen before. Um, but I will say uh, that the newest addition to his team, uh, his son Christian, who's been uh, a full-time employee of, of, the, of the little family factory uh, for the last year or so, um, uh, Christian is a very talented artist, and and uh, his background, I think he has an education in carpentry. Um, but I've seen I've seen a lot of like uh, you know he has like some murals and stuff that he painted in his father's workshop when he was younger, and uh, he clearly has an eye for that kind of thing as well. Wow, so maybe it was a very recessive gene in uh, in Peter, and it's coming out in his son, and uh, and I I believe the uh, next part is uh, Peter talking about his son. Yeah, um, I just I was curious about how long Christian's been working full time, and uh, Peter explained that you know of course he's been around uh, his son Christian has been around pipes his entire life, you know, and uh, that that he, he's it's hardly his first year working in the factory. It's just that he's uh, decided to come on full time and and uh, has been has been doing a lot so far, and I think that's really interesting. I think it's interesting to see uh, you know already some of the contributions that Christian's made to the design of the pipes, and um, it's it's also really nice that Peter's passing on uh, what he's learned. And, uh, and and the sort of niche that he fits into, which is a one-man operation turning out a lot of really nice pipes. You don't see that in a lot of places. And we'll uh, play that for you right now. Well, now, you know, about a little bit more than a year ago, our son, he, he joined the company. Ah, okay. Uh, and, you know, he always been a, a little help from time to time from, you know, when he was... Uh, you know, maybe 12 years or something like sure, that. Yeah, sure. Well, even when he was younger, you know, he worked a little just for fun in the workshop. But after, you know, he helped a little in his spare time to get some pocket money and, and yeah. stuff. And he's and, been around it his whole life. Yeah, he'd always, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Sometimes uh, he was, have been with us uh, traveling in U.S. when they were, or both my son, of course, and our daughter yeah. uh, have been a few times with us when they were younger to, to the U.S. Um, and then you know he was educated as a carpenter, but you know, oh, really? he, he wa- yeah, he wants to 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 try to do something else, you know, and all that uh, traffic is heavy from where we live to Copenhagen. It's very, you know, the construction is is, is booming in Copenhagen, but it's impossible to get there and to get home. It takes oh, hours, sure, sure. and he yeah. wants to, you know, he's a little bit like free spirit type, like like us. Perfect so, for yeah, making. Yeah, yeah. So say okay, try. Yeah. You know, here's a machine, here's some wood, try to work, and you will get, uh, of course, salary every second week, you know. Yeah. And, and so far, he has stayed for, for more than a year and is making more and more and giving ideas and That's having great. his own style, you know. So, so yeah, we have we have a good time, you know. So, is he working on some of the uh, some of the handmade stuff, too? Or? Yeah, yeah. We, we, we don't sign them yet with his name, but probably we'll work something out where he will have a... Uh, what would it be CJ or something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> a, a stamp of his own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, he's he's good, and and you know he can talk uh, with people, and he can call uh, deliverers for sandpaper and buffs and whatever we need. You know, he oh yeah, he has his own little uh, part of the workshop. You know, and I have my part of the workshop. So yeah, yeah. You know, it, and for me, listening to that, it's nice to hear, you know, first of all, I think I hear a little bit of a proud father, and uh, it's nice to hear that there's another generation coming along that can uh, pick up the reins and carry on with it. 
Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, uh, just a few years ago, it, it, would, it was really hard to count any young Danish pipe maker aside from maybe Lasse Skovgaard. And Lasse is, is hardly young in the sense that he's been on the scene for, what, 15 years now? Yeah. And uh, maybe more. And um, that he's, he's, he's you know, certainly not a young, young man in the sense that he's been doing this for a while. Um, so now we're starting to see a lot more young Danish pipe makers, and that is just fantastic. Uh, I, think it's, I think it's really nice to see, and it's about time. <laughs> that we had another generation in Denmark that was picking up the trade from all the all the masters. Yeah, we uh, we definitely need some youth uh, because without pipes, we don't have anything to do with all of our tobacco. So, uh, yeah. All right. So, kind of walk us through the Nearup line of pipes and and how does it how does it range and price wise. Um. So everything everything with the Nearup name on it is uh, hand finished and hand worked. Um, the series pipes, uh, which start out with like basic, the basic series, um, uh, as the name implies, are, are freehand shapes and series shapes that uh, do not have any accents. Um, so everything above that is going to have some sort of accent or some sort of decoration. So then you've got the classic and the structure pipes. Um, those differ by the amount of work, the amount, uh, the, the type of accents that they have, and there's also grades within each of those lines. Uh, then Peter has his handmade line, uh, the Peter Yepesen, uh, P. Yepesen, pardon me, handmade line, and uh, that is called the Ida Easy Cut, and yeah. uh, Ida is uh, Peter's daughter uh, and Christian's <laughs> sister, so he named he named that line after her uh, uh, years and years ago. And then above that, you have the the high grade pipes. Um, so just like the uh, Peter Yepesen handmaids, these are also completely handmade, um, and uh, they are his best, uh, the best of his production. So aside from really stellar briar and really nice shaping, uh, uh, a lot of times those feature the more fancy sort of decorations, um, silver and 14 karat gold kind of gallery mounts, uh, a bunch of handmade, you know, more more jewelry like uh, silver bands. Um, and then some that are etched and shaped, and and he has all kinds of stuff that that go on the handmade high grade pipes. Yeah, and when you get up into the handmaids, you're you're looking at I mean grain and shaping that is on par with any of the other uh, Danish folks that you know are Dan- you know, handmade pipes at that price point. Uh, I'm oh, look- ab- I'm looking absolutely. at some in the five hundred in the mid five hundred dollar range that are just you know drop dead gorgeous. But again, his pipes start out around a hundred and. Thirty bucks is a is a perfect spot for a for a hand worked pipe, and then it goes all the way up. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so there's really there's really something for everyone here, and uh, you can see too a lot of the a lot of the collectors that are ardent near up collectors uh, and fans of Peter's handmade work as well. I mean, there's a lot of choices. You know what I mean? If there's a, if there's a particular shape, even though that everything that he does is going to have slight variation in it because it is hand finished. Um, if there's a particular shape that you like, there's a ton of different color combinations, accents, uh, stem treatments. Um, you know, he has church warden configurations available, tons of different color options. Yeah. And I, I think his church warden pricing may be some of the lowest I've seen for any pipe that's not, you know, coming out of a straight out of a machined factory. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And again, I mean, it's just because, you know, even the churchwarden stems, uh, he sources direct from the manufacturer and they're made to his specifications and, and the colors are made to his liking. Um, so they're all they're all proprietary and uh, and uh, very, very high quality. Yeah. So so now that we've now that we've talked about uh, uh, about pipes and like I said, you know, without if, if we don't have any new pipe makers, we're we're you know, we're not going to have anything to do with all this tobacco that we have. Or anything uh, to talk about on all our podcasts. Yeah, yeah, we'll just talk about all those, you know, all those tobaccos that we have sitting around that all we can do is sniff. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I cracked open a twenty-year-old tin and I sniffed it today, and oh boy, that was a great sniff. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, but you have to break in your nose first. Uh, the uh, so in the past couple of weeks there's been some stuff on smoking pipes in particular some new tobaccos have actually one in particular the new McBaron HH Burley Flake came and went really quick oh yeah absolutely uh, I was kind of surprised myself because I was going to order some and then it's like it went up and then the weekend was over and, and you're out and I understand there's more on order coming soon hopefully Yes, yes. It should be back in stock very soon. Um, I, I actually wasn't surprised. I mean, I think that in general, um, the market 
is a bit lacking in in terms of like straight burly blends uh, that aren't aromatics. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of good options, but certainly not as many as there used to be. Um, so I, I was not surprised at all because especially the burly guys out there, something like this being right up your alley, you're not going to hesitate. You're going to get whatever whatever you can get in that first run. Yeah, and we've also had a little bit of a lull in in any real yeah in in. in some good new introductions in the last six months or so it seems like it's just been you know ho-hum and we're and we're dealing with fda issues and i understand that yeah that's all we can deal with is uh but you know to have that i'm sure is there anything else that we need to know that might be coming up possibly maybe well um i I probably shouldn't tip my hand but uh, I will say that this week, just a day or so from now, if you're listening to this when this airs, uh, we will be restocking a very popular limited edition blend that has not been seen for some time. So early downloaders get to know that maybe in the next day or so something new will be coming up. And uh, uh, any idea when we might be seeing more of that McBaron H.H. Burley? Um, the HH Burley, uh, as far as I know, it shouldn't be it shouldn't be much more than uh, oh gosh days weeks at the most. Um, and then yeah, the uh, the special thing to keep an eye out for this week, uh, it is a well loved blend that has had a little bit of Perique added to it. And are you looking forward to this? I am definitely looking forward to this. Although you know we hold we hold all the employees to the same sort of you know uh, daily <laughs> limits that we hold the customers to, uh, so I'll grab my handful of tins and and I, I don't suspect that I'll have a chance uh, to <laughs> to pick up any more on day two. <laughs> yeah, and don't forget you also well I don't know on tobacco but you know on the on those pipes you can't snake them out with unless they unless they're there for two weeks on the website. Exactly, exactly. And normally tobacco, especially stuff that's not hard to get, it's, it's just not an issue. But anything that's hard to get that we put limits on so that everyone has a fair chance at it, uh, we, we, we follow those limits too. So I would love to take 20 tins of it, but uh, sadly I don't think that that's in the cards. So I'll take my couple of tins and save a few of them and enjoy a few of them immediately. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to sitting down with the, uh, with the HH Burley, letting it letting it get a year or two on it and seeing how it really just kind of blossoms with flavor. And, uh, and, and again, you know, it, it, I know right now it's not going to become my favorite, but it'll be a good alternative diversion, um, you know, excuse to smoke something else for a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I, I will say that I think uh, I, I said this in my tasting notes that we published on our blog on smoking pipes. Um, I think that it's a blend that I could I could see myself smoking fairly regularly. I think it's going to be a lovely blend for breaking in a pipe because it's really neutral, uh, but it still has a really hearty flavor, like a really honest pipe tobacco flavor. I will say that it's a little different than what I was expecting, um, but I think it's better than I could have imagined, honestly. And before Shane, uh, before I hang up on Shane. Um, don't forget to go to the blog and check it out because the rest of the Tom Eltang visit will be going up sometime soon. And there's other Peter Yepison stuff that uh, that we're not playing here that you get to hear the full thing on the blog. And then you also get to see um, Shane sit there and talk about his pipes while he's not wearing any socks. <laughs> oh, I have plenty of socks on hand now. That's That won't be an issue anymore to that one guy on YouTube who complained. <laughs> <laughs> I just happened to see that. Sorry. I, I couldn't resist. Of course. Um, but don't feel bad. My wife was picking on a guy last night on some show that was not wearing socks and was wearing a suit. So, Well, I'll tell you what. I was wearing boat shoes. If there are a pair of shoes other than sandals, which I would never wear, um, <laughs> I think that boat shoes are appropriate uh, to not have socks on. But, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll end my no socks rant there. <laughs> there you go. Don't take any socks to Italy. They're all – the. Those are extra anyway. Uh, <laughs> Shane, thank you for this. It was wonderful to, uh, you know, at least we, we got to know Peter a little bit better and uh, get to see uh, get to see inside or hear inside the uh, the Nera Pipe Factory. Yeah, absolutely. Pipe Workshop. Pipe Workshop, yes. I, I guess you have to have uh, six people before it becomes a factory. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, really, it's 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 just a quaint little workshop. Honestly, I wish I wish we could float up some pictures on the screen, but uh, one of these days I'll I'll do that on the blog as well, so people can take a look. Next year, when you go to Denmark, ask uh, ask Tom to discuss whether or not it's a workshop or a factory, and what makes each one different. Oh, I don't think he'll have opinions quite as strong as he does about whether or not pipes are art. (laughs) (laughs) Shane, thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll uh, talk to you uh, after you get back from Italy. Have a safe trip. Sounds good. Thanks, everybody. I'll be back in just a minute. I'm Jeremy Reeves, head blender of Cornell & Deal Pipe Tobacco Company. At Cornell & Deal, we think the best things in life are better with age and we are passionate about creating the best possible pipe tobacco available. Fueled by this passion, we introduced the Cellar Series, a collection of blends like no other. While the blends in this series are ready to smoke now, each one has been meticulously designed to optimize depth and complexity as the tobacco ages in the tin. Currently, the Cellar Series is comprised of Oak Alley, Chenet's Cake, Joie de Vivre, Old Grove, and Bourbon Blue, but we will be unveiling new additions to this very special series as time goes on. Pick up a tin to smoke now and save a few for later enjoyment so that you can experience all the richness and subtlety each blend will reveal through the years. Cornell and Deal's Cellar Series. The secret ingredient is time. Contact your local or online retailer for information. This is Internet Radio. I am back, and uh, remember, there's there's much more of that interview, and so make sure that you head over to the smokingpipes.com blog and keep an eye on that. In fact, if you uh, listen to the interview, you'll find out who really is the uh, the color and designer of the family there. So uh, thank you to Shane for bringing that to us. And again, if you've got any questions for Shane, it's shane.ireland at smokingpipes.com. Uh, you can email him directly there. All right, for music, uh, again, from that post uh, two, weeks or so, two weeks or so ago, I came across a guy named John Hartford, and John Hartford is a was a pipe smoker and kind of a, a bluegrass folk musician. Uh, you can find a lot of his stuff on Spotify. This one that I found, well, you'll have to listen to the lyrics closely because... Uh, yeah, there's a little reference to the certain device that we all love in this, and it's called uh, Old Time River Men. on the deep for the rest of the river days does he then come back as a channel cat or the wasps that light on the wheel or the birds that fly through a summer sky or the fish swimming under the keel Where's an old-time pilot go After he stood his last watch Does he fall by the ear of the man who steers Saying, hold her on that notch There's a gentle sneeze in the river breeze Saying, son, I'm going Was that fireflies instead?
engineer go after it's cooler down? Gone up the hill and never come back from a quiet side of town. There's a soul live on in the engine song while the striker checks the On an old steamboat After he's gone from here That is uh, John Hartford, multiple Grammy winner, uh, prolific recording artist and in the uh, later part of his life he passed away in uh, june of 2001 at the age of 63 but later in his life he spent his summers as a pilot on the mississippi river so again it's john hartford h-a-r-t-f-o-r-d check him out on uh, spotify is where i found a bunch of his stuff and in the mailbag, since there's not much time since I did the last show, um, only one thing I really want to cover, and uh, this is a uh, post from Sheldon Richmond who says, uh, Brian recently said a court struck down the FDA's uh, requirements regarding the labeling of tobacconists as manufacturers. He jumped the gun, I'm afraid. Uh, what the court did was tell the FDA its legal grounds for that uh, for that requirement were weak and that it must come up with other grounds. Alas, it ain't over yet. And then he posted a link to his blog at uh, hobbynothabit.blog, H-O-B-B-Y-N-O-T-H-A-B-I-T dot blog. And uh, what he writes over here is a preliminary court win, but it's not over yet. This week, a U.S. district judge ruled the FDA's legal grounds insufficient for requiring local tobacco shops that blend pipe tobaccos to register as manufacturers. A costly and onerous process that would destroy in-shop blending and other services traditionally rendered by tobacconists. However, the judge has given the FDA a chance to come up with stronger legal grounds, so this victory is not final. Uh, the, he uh, quotes a link from uh, the IPCPR where it says earlier this week, a federal judge seemingly rejected the FDA's assertion that retailers who blend pipe tobacco in store must register as manufacturers and adhere to certain other compliance obligations. But what does this mean? What requirements and re responsibilities must retailers now be aware of following this ruling? IPCPR attempts to provide some clarity below. Uh, in the deeming rules preamble, the FDA claimed that those retailer establishments that blend pipe tobacco are subject to and must comply with all applicable statutory and regulatory requirements for tobacco product manufacturers. This would mean that retailers who blend pipe tobacco in store would have to annually register as manufacturers with the FDA, submit initial listings for their blended products, submit biannual updates for those product listings, and otherwise comply with a host of requirements applicable to tobacco product manufacturers, including the pre-market review, uh, review requirements and compliance policies to new tobacco products. Uh, he goes on to write, did the court settle this issue definitively? No. In his ruling, Judge Mehta essentially told the FDA that the technical legal basis FDA cited to defend its decision that in-store blending triggered the Section 905 registration and product listing requirements was lacking and struck down that decision. However, the judge acknowledged that the FDA still may designate what retailer activities will trigger these requirements, but must do so by applying the appropriate legal standard. So, in his ruling, he sent the issue back to the FDA for reconsideration. If the FDA believes it can find a strong legal justification beyond what the judge opposed, the agency can double down on, the, on its previous approach to the Section 905 requirements. Uh, what, ab what about how FDA broadly defines manufacturing? Well, Judge Mehta's decision express expressly applied only to FDA's 
position on application of the registration and product listing requirements. It does not prohibit the FDA from enforcing other requirements applicable to tobacco product manufacturers. This includes required health warnings, ingredient listing labels, and in some cases, pre-market approval. However, IPCPR has previously released guidance on these issues and what retailers can do to try to avoid triggering these requirements. These guidance documents can be found by visiting the IPCPR FDA toolbox on their website and the association recommends that retailers review this information. Now, again, uh, you know, so the, the information that I got, I didn't read all 60 pages of the judge's rulings, uh, but the information that I got was from the trade associations and from a couple of folks that are involved in the uh, in the industry on the backside. And, you know, it, you're right. It's not over. But in the meantime, uh, the judge said that, you know, that he can't see how the FDA can can uh, can monitor in-house blending which the the important part of the in-store blending issue is that uh that means that they would also not be able to open up a five pound bag and sell it by the ounce so again you you get stuck in that has to be sold in the actual consumer package uh the other thing that the judge said is that while he couldn't overturn the fda's decision or requests on some of the other stuff that uh that was proposed to him prim all primarily on the cigar side uh the judge did say that the fda's standings were uh it, there wasn't enough grounds in the in the lawsuit for him to turn it over it was just kind of vague so he suggested to the fda that they get their get themselves in order in order to really understand how they're going to have to regulate all this stuff. So uh, the judge said, you know, basically what the judge said about all this stuff was, here's what I found uh, based off of uh, the trade association's lawsuits and went back to the FDA and to the trade association and said, you know, the, a lot of this stuff is pretty weak. So you guys better uh, you know, get your acts together. Um, I have heard again that they are looking at uh, that there are appeals being considered and that they may try to move it to a different judge. So anyway, uh, yes, nothing is <laughs> nothing is uh, settled quite yet. Nothing is over. But, um, you know, for now, for the brick and mortar or for the, you know, for the bulk tobacco and the custom blending of tobaccos, it does look better than it did a couple weeks ago. Uh, if you have any comments or questions for me, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. If I don't answer you in a couple of days, email it again because I don't want to get stuck in the spam filter. Uh, remember, I'd like to hear from you about where your favorite place is to smoke now that it's uh, summertime here in the Northern Hemisphere. Uh, do you like smoking outside? Uh, do you get a chance? Do you have a screened-in porch and you get to sit on that? Uh, do you go to your favorite park? Whatever it is, uh, let me know where you're uh, where you're enjoying your pipe in this uh, in these summer months that are coming up, and uh, follow the Pipes Magazine Radio Show page on Facebook. And if you folks send me some pictures, maybe I'll post them there. All right, rant time coming up. Cowboy. Cowboy. Well, the issue of pipe pricing came up again, and it seems to come up every couple of years. So I'll just take my shot at it again, because uh, Lord of the Pipe Rings posted on uh, PipesMagazine.com about, about how his price threshold has moved up, and now his maximum is about $500. Well, let me tell you, there in my mind, there is a difference in pipes, because otherwise I wouldn't have spent the money that I did. Uh, some of it got a little personal on there about engineering and, and calling engineering of a pipe just drilling one hole into, you know, one small hole into a big hole is engineering and, you know, so on and so on. Let me just say this. To some people, in, to every person out there in the world, there is a price limit for everything. I have this uh, bizarre price level in my head that a zipper hoodie sweatshirt should not cost more than $25. If it costs more than $25, I don't want to buy it. That's a price point level in my head. 
Now, when I walked by one that was $80 and I liked it, but I, I, I just couldn't see the value in that. Uh, on the on the low end of pipes, if you're happy with what you're smoking, fine. But don't get pissed off at the people on the, that are spending more than that and call them silly or call them stupid or call them crazy or say something else about them. Uh, when it comes to watches, does a Timex keep as good a time or better than a Rolex? Sure. Does a Rolex say something different than a Timex? Sure. Whatever it is, if it's that, if that's your thing and you like to collect them, own them, wear them, eat them, whatever it is, that's your thing. I don't get all uh, I don't get all wound up over a big fancy steak dinner with a you know hand rubbed dry aged steak. It's just not my thing. So spending fifty bucks on a steak is just a waste of money on me. If you like it, it's great. It's your thing. Don't don't go after the people that like something different than you. Just because you don't understand it doesn't mean it's bad. All right, I want to uh, again thank Sheldon for that very well written uh, post on uh, on his blog about uh, about the FDA. A big thank you to Shane for gathering all this stuff and uh, doing all the work on getting us some uh, some pretty cool audio. And uh, do make sure and check out the blog. Uh, thank you all for tuning in, and until next time. Who cares about the clouds when we're together? Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Happy trails to you. If you have a hunk of burning love that lasts for more than four hours, please seek a doctor immediately.